Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day and thank You for this season as we celebrate the birth of Christ. God, I pray and ask that You'll speak in this room. We've been unwrapping some gifts this year, Lord, just looking at the Christmas story, looking at different aspects of the life of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that You would help us to unwrap this great gift and receive what You have for us today. Lord, I pray... Uh, during this season, and we come to church, Lord, and for some, this is something we do year after year and been doing it for many years. I pray you'd open our, our ears and our minds and our hearts if we're one of those people who have heard this many times. Help us hear something fresh and new and, and speak to us, Lord, personally, like this is the first time of hearing this message. For others in this room, Lord, this may be a newer message. It may be somewhat familiar with the story, but not completely. And for us to understand who Jesus is and Jesus' plan for us. And so, God, I pray that you would speak uh, clearly to, to the people in this room, maybe that this is a, a fairly newer message to them. Lord, Christmas, we come and celebrate Christ. And so we just ask, Lord, for you to do your work in this room as we celebrate you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we <clears throat> continue our series we've called Unwrap the Real Gifts of the Season. Just trying to unwrap and open up some thoughts, some ideas, some concepts that come along with the, the idea of the Christmas holiday and the Christmas season. So far, we unwrap the gift of hope and we unwrap the gift of peace. This week, I want to unwrap the gift of joy. I want us to dive in and kind of open up that topic and that thought of what is joy. I want us to unwrap this special gift from God this morning because when you know God and you know Jesus and you walk in relation with Him, joy is is part of who you are and what becomes part of your life. We've got to ask the question, we're thinking about joy, we've got to ask the question, what is it? I, I think sometimes it's a little bit hard to define what we're talking about because whenever we talk about joy, I think it's easier to say, well, this is what joy isn't. We can kind of make those lists. It's not an emotion. It's not an up and down. But when we think of joy, there's some images sometimes come to mind. For instance, we think about what joy isn't. Let me give you a picture of what we know it's not. We're familiar with that picture, that, that Grinch. We know that joy is not the Grinch. Some of you are like, I'm married to that person. We know that's not joy. That guy's not joyful. He represents everything against joy. But my concern is sometimes when we think of the topic of joy, we tend to go to the extreme, to the other side, like fake or, or a phony type of joy kind of person that's always happy, or maybe like this image of SpongeBob who is always smiling and always excited and everything's always great. And so we say, well, I know it's not like the Grinch type thing, but I know it's not this joy that's really this fake or phony joy. So what is joy? What is genuine joy? We know it's not an emotion. We know it's not just dealing with the ups and downs of life. So what do we mean when we say, unwrap the gift of joy? It, it means you have strength from God to face anything you're walking through. It means you know that you are blessed in everything. It means that no matter what the circumstance, God's blessings are still right there for you and with you. Joy, what we're talking about today, it doesn't come from what you have. It doesn't come from what you have. It comes from what you know can't be taken away from you. It doesn't come from what you have because we know things that we have. They come and they go. But joy comes from what you know can't be taken away from you. See, they can take your job away from you. That can be gone tomorrow, but they can't take God's purpose from your life. You can, you can have joy no matter what the 
circumstance may be. They can take a relationship from you. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's a marriage that has been struggling for some time. Or maybe it's a marriage that was once good and now is struggling and that marriage has broken down. You can lose that relationship, but you can still have joy. They can take your health away from you, but they cannot take God's grace from you. This world can take your life from you, but they can't take the promise of eternal life from you. That's joy that is there no matter what you're walking through. This is the way the Bible says it in 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, always be joyful. That's actually the memory verse on your memory card this week in your bulletin. I believe we can get that one down. Say it with me. Always be joyful. That's a great verse. The problem is it has too many words, in my opinion. See, I like the idea of this idea of being joyful. There's one part that I don't like. It's that word always. You know what I'm talking about? Always be joyful. God, could you just have said, be joyful? Because then I could choose when I want to be joyful and when I don't want to be joyful. But that says, always be joyful. That means in every circumstance. And I want to look at God and say, God, seriously? I mean, God, in this circumstance, or in that circumstance, or in this circumstance, you're telling me to always be joyful? You've got to be kidding me. <coughs> How do I do that? that? That part really bothers me, the whole idea of always. How do you have that kind of joy? The truth, the truth is, if you're waiting for the perfect circumstance to have joy, you're going to be waiting a long time. And sometimes we wait for that perfect circumstance and then it arrives, and we realize the perfect circumstance really only lasts for about a minute or two, or, or maybe an hour or two, or maybe a day or two. But we know that perfect circumstance will eventually float away. Have you ever noticed that? You ever notice that the joy or the excitement can come into life, and then all of a sudden it's gone? So how do you find the kind of joy that lasts through the difficulty? How do you find the joy that lasts in this imperfect, in this ugly, sin-filled world, how do you find a joy that will last always? That you can claim that verse and say, I can do that. I can be joyful always. That's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is that God came to bring joy to this world, the world that we live in. Go on a mental tour with me for a moment. Let's go visit the Markey Cancer Center at UK Hospital. And we're sitting in the waiting room just observing people. Where does their joy come from? Is it even possible? Where are these people going to find joy? Some of them are going to get a good diagnosis and say, you've been healed from cancer and that's going to be a, a joyful moment. Other, others are going to get that bad diagnosis that says you have cancer and it's a very terminal cancer. Some are going to say, eh, we're still trying to figure out your diagnosis when we're going to stay in the game. But when you're walking through that situation or you're involved with someone walking in a situation, where does joy come from? Is that even possible? Let's continue this journey. Let's drive Nicholasville Road but start heading outside of town and let's just make a stop at the mall for a moment. Steve says, no, I don't want to do that. Some of those guys are absolutely not. Pretend with me for a moment, Steve. Go to the mall and you're shopping. You're like, I've been there enough. Or something like, I haven't been there. But you're tired of shopping. And your wife wants to keep going, Steve. She says, let's go a couple more stores. Gwen's like, no way. 
You're at the store and you're just tired and you're worn out and you're like, i got to sit down. And you sit down and you just start observing people. And they're loading up with packages of stuff and they're carrying things and they're buying things at the food court and eating and they're carrying their drink and going to buy some more stuff. And you sit and you observe and you know they're probably spending money that they either don't have or they're spending too much money and they're creating a lot of stress and you're looking at it and you're looking at your own life and you're looking at your own packages and we got to ask the question, where does joy come in the middle of this crazy Christmas season? It comes around year after year after year after year. Let's go on another destination, though. Let's head south. Some of you are like, that sounds good. Let's go to Disney World. We're sitting outside of Disney World, getting ready to go in. But before we go in, we stop and we just do some observation. And we say, huh, what's happening as people are entering in? Where are these people going to find joy? People are walking in Disney World. There's lots of smiles and excitement. I know what that's like. We were there a few years ago. Lots of happiness. And park's closing, you get out before everybody and you say, I'm going to sit down and watch them leave. People walking out, it looks very different. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It looks like they've been ran over by a Big Mac truck or they got in a fight with Mickey and lost. <laughs> because they're worn out, they're flat exhausted. It was a great day, we had a lot of laughters and a lot of smiles. But is there joy in that moment? supposed to be this great, happy day, but even on those days, they're supposed to be happy. Where do you find a genuine joy that will last no matter what's going on in life? So I want to talk about this this morning, this joy. I, I want us to go on a tour, so to speak. I want us to go on a tour back in time. We're going to look together at the people of the first Christmas. Those people all had a joy at Christmas. Some was pretty instant and some wasn't. You know, I want to look at the shepherds and, and talk about their joy. I want to look at the wise men and talk about their joy. Mary and Joseph. And it's not just for them, though. The joy they experience is also for us. Romans 15.4 says, Everything written in Scriptures was written to teach us in order that we might have hope through the patience and encouragement what the Scriptures give us. See, whenever you read the Bible, we need to understand that it's not just written for them. It's not just a history book that tells of the stories of people who've come before us. It's written for them in their story, but it's also written for us in our story to bring us hope. And I pray this Christmas season you discover some hope as we spend some time diving into some key parts of this great Christmas story. It's written to give us encouragement and to give us joy. What happened to them can also happen to us. What they experience in their lives, can all, you can also experience in your life. What does it mean for us? I'm sure the news at the time was shocking of what was taking place. And so I have four shocking truths for you today from God's Word about God coming to us and what we know as the, the Christmas story. The first one we learned from the shepherds is this shocking truth is that joy is here. If you're looking at one of those maps, um, Google map or something like that, maybe and you're saying, I want to get from here to, to California, it usually puts a little dot that represents you're here, you're in this location, and then it draws a blue line across and shows you what your trip would be like going across the country. Or for some, you would recognize maybe a map like this, because if I go to that mall, Fayette Mall, I know where Macy's, JCPenney's, Dick's, and Dillard's is, and of course the food court. And if I'm going to that mall, I'm usually going in one of those entrances and hoping I don't have to go into the middle of the mall. 
But if my wife tells me, Brian, go to Macy's and pick something up and go to store ABC, so I can't even tell you the names of the stores in the mall, I'd be like, where is store ABC? So I would go to one of those kiosks in the middle and say, where am I at? And there would be a red dot that says, you are here. And I'd find store ABC and it would say, got to go down this hall, go down this way, this way. I'd probably look at it and go, man, that is forever. Maybe we pick that up on another day. You know, here's the cool thing about joy. It says you are here, but joy is not over here that you have to go and follow and get to. Where you are is where joy is, if you're in Jesus. Where you are is where joy hangs out. See, the shepherds discover that joy was right there, right with them. Many times we think of joy and think, well, I'm here on the map. i got to get to California, and when I get to California, I'll arrive. And so sometimes we think, well, I'm here on the map of joy, and joy's right around the corner, so I'm going to keep pursuing and keep chasing. But the, the shepherds discovered that where they were, joy was. Look at the text in Luke chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So here's these shepherds. It's another night as usual. They're out watching their sheep. Sheep are not that exciting when they're even awake. I mean, just to watch them eat some grass and eat some more grass and, and move along in the field. They're asleep. I would say it's probably a pretty boring job. You're sitting there watching these white lumps, hoping they don't move and hoping no wolf comes. And they're suddenly, in the midst of this boring, routine, business-as-usual type life, God shows up. Joy shows up in the midst of just normal routine of life. That's where God shows up for you and me. Joy is here. There's great hope when I look at the shepherds and that God can show up in your life and my life when wherever we are, and give us genuine joy. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what stage of life you're in, you're routinely going through the business of everyday life, and God wants to show up and give you joy. See, you don't have to go on vacation to find joy. Many times that's what we do. We think, oh my goodness, I'm so stressed. I need to relax. I need some joy in my life. So let's go on vacation. The truth of the matter is we try to go on vacation to find joy, but we take one thing on vacation that's keeping us from finding the joy take ourselves because many times we're the one that's in the way of discovering and living in the joy that God has for us that's the problem sometimes we're so stressed we're the one with the attitude that blocks the barrier to live in joy you don't have to leave your job to find joy some of you have maybe jumped jobs going it's going to be better 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 seeking that joy-filled life it may not be that the job is the problem it quite possibly could be you for some of us that's what we do with relationships we think well this is bad i'll jump out of this relationship and jump into another relationship and that relationship is no good and i'll jump into another relationship all the time seeking for happiness and joy when all the time the truth could be could be me i want to encourage you church if you're here today and you're struggling with some family issues maybe the maybe the marriage is it's tough this Christmas 2016. And maybe you're thinking in the back of your head, let's get through Christmas season and it's just time to move on. Don't walk away from your family. Don't walk away because that's not where joy will be found. 
Let us help you here. We'd love to help you on the journey and help you understand what it means to walk in Christ and discover the joy because when you discover that, you can bring that into your family. Many times we think the answer is walk away, get away from the situation and go find a new just to find out that really it's not any better when I find whatever is new. One of my favorite words in this Christian story in these couple of verses is when the Bible says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Stop and look at that. I love that word, suddenly. Suddenly something starts to happen. We all know this suddenly. We get some news. Something can happen and everything can change for the worse. Suddenly you get that phone call. Or, or suddenly you get that diagnosis. Or suddenly there's that auto accident. And everything turns for the worse. But I want to tell you, just as suddenly as everything can turn for the worse, suddenly joy can be upon you. Because joy's here. See, the truth is, just as suddenly as everything in our lives can change for the worse, our lives can change for joy. Everything can get better. Right here, right now, suddenly, something brand new can happen. I can begin to look at life differently, and I can start to see hope. I can begin to look at life differently and see God's love no matter what I'm walking through. I can begin to see that no matter what the circumstances, God is going to show up in my life, and that can happen suddenly in an instance. That's what happened to those shepherds. Suddenly, God shows up in the normal routine of life. Suddenly, joy is here. The first truth I want you to grasp this morning is that joy is here right now because God, Emmanuel, is among us. God can show up and give me joy because joy is not about my circumstances. It's about Him suddenly showing up in my life. Joy is here. The second truth about joy, the shocking truth, is that joy is sent. See, it's not something you spend the rest of your life trying to discover. It's something that God sends into your life. He sent it to the shepherds. He sends it to us as well. Look at Luke chapter 2 again. They, and that they is the shepherds, were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize Him by by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Joy is here. How do you find Him? Well, if joy is here and if joy is sent, how do I discover Him? See, some people think that to do that, you have to work harder. I just work hard enough. I, I think hard enough. If somehow I work myself into it, then I'll be a joyful person. If that were true, the most joyful people in the world would be the workaholics. And we know that's not true. Some, though, you think I'd be joyful if I could just ignore all the world's problems. Turn off the television, don't listen to the news, don't read any of the blogs, turn off the radio, put your, hand, your head kind of down in the sand and just ignore it all and pretend that it's not there. Those people aren't joyful either. They're just blissfully unaware of what's happening around them. Joy is recognizing the realities of life that, that God, is, God is here. There are other people who think that joy comes in lucky circumstances. I win the lottery and all of a sudden I'll be a joyful person. You've heard the stories. Most of them win the lottery and they're broke just a few months or years later and they're stressed out because they didn't know how to manage the funds. Very few would say that brought joy to my life. So when you look at the kind of circumstances, is that what joy is all about? This one in a million chance that somehow I'll experience joy and have joy because something's going to happen to me? Sometimes good people or good companies 
trying to bring joy to people. And it's a good thing to do. Did you hear about the Canadian airline WestJet and what they did for their passengers on a flight back in 2013? It's much better to watch it than me tell you about it. And this is just a snippet of the story. <laughs> oh, you got to go Google that. It's on YouTube and watch the whole five, five, six minute video. True story. Really happened. My, my question is this, though. Who would ask for socks and underwear? I mean, you have a great, what about, I, mean, I like a new Beamer, or, you know, I like to go on a vacation, or, no, I just like some socks and underwear. My other question about that video is, is Santa Claus a UK fan? He's wearing blue and white, but he's up there in Canada. I guess Canadians are all, all okay up there. Is that where you find joy? That one in a million chance? Are you going to your mailbox? getting ready to open the Christmas cards and thinking, man, my great aunt, second time removed, who's my brother's cousin, is going to send me this great gift. And you're waiting for that check to show up and go, life will change. Is that where you find joy? That just that one in an opportunity chance? See, God wants to bring joy in every one of our lives and He sends it in every one of our lives. It's not something you go out and you have to find. You don't have to go find it. You don't have to go discover it. It is sent. You could spend the rest of your life trying to find what God has already sent and miss it. See, when we, we look so hard and, and work so hard to find what God has already sent, many times we go right on by it. He already has it for you. Joy's not created from within. It's created from above. Do you know the God of, from above? See, the angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Look at that part of the verse. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. I was looking at that verse this week and preparing it, and I started thinking, what is the difference between good news and great joy? How do you define the two? How do you separate the two? How do you possibly put words to that? And what I started thinking about is this. It, good news is something that happens to somebody else. For instance, your friend calls you and says, I received a letter in the mail, and I won $100,000, or I won a million dollars. You're like, oh, that is really good news. I'm so excited for you. But if you receive that letter next week, and it says, Brian Bolton, you are now the award recipient of a million dollars. That is great joy. What's the difference there? The difference is, is it's personal. It's for me. Good news is for everybody. Great joy is for me because it's personal. And Christmas is personal because Jesus came for you. It's a very personal. It's not that God sent His Son just for the world. He came for you, and He came for me, and He came to let us know, say, to let us know that I love you. I'm coming to you because I love you. I have a plan for your life. I have a promise for your life. I have a future for your life. I have a no matter what love for your life. Because Christmas is personal. That's great joy. When you recognize that Jesus was sent not just for the world, but yes, He was also sent for me, then all of a sudden, the good news becomes great joy. The joy gets sent into your life. When you understand this Jesus, this message of Christmas is not just for the world. It's for, for me. Put your name in the story. I want you to notice these shepherds did when they saw the child. They went out and told. Luke 2 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child, all who heard the shepherd's story 
were astonished. They went and told. See, first Joyous sent, and they, and they started to capture that joy. Then Joyous shared. You tell other people. They went and told. Notice how people responded in the text. They didn't ridicule them. They weren't bored. They were astonished. They were like, oh my goodness, what's taking place? Because the world needs good news. The world needs to understand what we believe. People need that good news. I just want to say to you, if you understand the joy of the season, the joy of Christmas, the joy of Christ in your life, for heaven's sake, tell somebody about it this Christmas season. For heaven's sake, when you're handing out gifts and you're passing them on to friends and family members and co-workers, don't just say, oh, here's a toy or, oh, here's a, some baked cookies. Tell them, I'm giving you this because I want you to know that this comes by, by the presence and the power of Jesus. I want you to know is joy. For goodness sakes, you know what? We have a great opportunity next Sunday. Next Sunday is Christmas Sunday, and the debate goes on in the Christian world. Are you having church or are you not having church? What are you going to do? By golly, yes, we're having church. We're going to do one service at 11 a.m. I know a lot of you are gone with family and friends and so forth. We're going to give all of our, our people to take care of the kids a, kind of a break and say, let's just come worship together. It's going to be a family service. But what an opportunity to invite somebody. To say to a friend, hey, would you join me for Christmas? Let's get our families together. Why don't we go to church at 11 o'clock and then we'll grab lunch together afterward. There are some people who would be very welcome to that invitation. And in that, share what great joy is. Have you opened your mouth? Here's how to know if you understand what great joy is. If you find yourself talking about God and Jesus and your walk with Him and how He's changed your life and how you don't make it through life without Him, if you find more and more that that's just bubbling out of you and you're like, I can't contain it, you know you discovered the joy of Jesus. But if you, if you notice, you know what? I never talk about the Lord. I'm afraid to speak His name. I'm not sure what to say. I don't know how I would tell someone about Him. Then you haven't really discovered the joy of Jesus yet. There's no way for me to say it. But if you're afraid to share the name of Christ, then you really haven't experienced Christ yet. Because when you really know Christ, you're going to be just like the shepherds, and you're going to go and tell people, and people will be like, man, what has happened to you? They're going to be astonished. You can't bottle it up. It's one of the principles. If you know the joy of Christ, you won't bottle it up. Joy is here, joy is sent. And thirdly, third shocking truth, that joy is a journey. Joy, it's a journey. It's a process of life. Joy doesn't ha always happen in an instant like you want it to. Like, I wasn't joyful today, and I want to be joyful now. These wise men, we all know, they started out in the east. And you remember the story. They saw the star that showed them, that indicated to them that the king was born. So they saw this star, and they knew they were to make this trip, this trip and travel that way. So they go on the journey. But when they get to Bethlehem, they see the star again. And Matthew 2 says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. So when they saw the star the first time, nothing is mentioned of joy. They just know the king is born, and they went on a journey. But when they get there and they see the star again, they're filled with joy because they know this is Jesus. They traveled a long way before they filled with joy. It was a process. It took them time. Their travel would have been days or months. It wasn't just a, a quick trip in the car. It was a long travel. The Bible makes it clear that this is how joy happens for every one of us. Many times, you're on a journey, and as you're on that journey, joy fills you. Look at these verses. Psalm 30, verse 5. Crying may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. See, sometimes it's through tears and pain. Then out of those tears, you spend time with God, recognizing that He's there, and joy comes in the morning. Jesus Himself even taught about this. 
He said in John 16.20, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. See, you often cry your way to a place of joy. You often give your way to a place of joy, or grieve your way to a place of joy, recognizing that God is, God is here with me in my tears. God is here with me in my grief. And I'm thankful for His presence. All that, He brings a new kind of joy that is above the circumstances that I'm facing. Many times, joy is a journey that you keep walking through the journey, trusting God for joy. Joy is a process. People try to find it instantly, though. People try to have it now, try to make it happen in an instant. They always end up doing the wrong thing. They look for a quick fix. They look for the new thrill. They look for the new kick. They look for the new drug. They look for the new relationship. And all of a sudden, you're worse off than you were before because you haven't learned the journey to walk in Christ. What you're looking for is not joy when you're doing that quick fix. You're looking for the adrenaline rush. An adrenaline rush isn't going to get you anywhere. What you need is a lasting joy, and that's the journey of life that comes with walking in Jesus. Sometimes in a journey, you need a verse to hold on to. This has been a verse that's been in my brain for some time now that keeps coming back. Psalm 148, 13 says, Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for His name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. This verse is a picture of God who is and helps me get to the next place in the journey, so to speak. It's a picture of God that, in, in this case, the picture of words, the, the word tower over helped me to see that God was in the midst of life. That God is in the journey, that no matter the circumstances I'm facing, God is towering over the circumstances. No matter the struggle I'm facing, God is towering over that circumstance. That's the joy that comes in the journey to know that God is there in the midst of it. When you, when you recognize I'm crying with Him and I'm grieving with Him, I'm not alone. That even though the pain I, through the pain, I begin to recognize that God is towering over the trials, over the difficulties. He's towering over the problem. He's towering over the feelings of inadequacy. He towers over the things that somebody has said about me. He is greater and He's going to last longer in this journey of joy. And I won't go chase after other stuff to know, you know what? God is towering over the situation. The wise men. It happened a long time ago, but it reminds us it's part of our life today. It's a journey. The most important thing I know is this. You say, well, how do I get that started? It sounds like a cliche, but the first step to recognize the journey you're on today is to recognize that God is with you. And sometimes people walk through difficult times and we remind them and say, now remember God's with you. We feel like we're, we're given empty words or, or words of cliche, but it is true. He's with you no matter what you're facing, what you're walking through. Christ, Emmanuel, means God is with us. He is in whatever you're facing right now. The first step on the journey to the journey of joy is to know that God is with you on that journey. There's a fourth truth, a fourth shocking truth that joy is difficult choice. Joy is a difficult choice. Mary had a great joy. She sang a whole song about it. You go back to Luke chapter 1 and you can read the entire song. Here's just part of it. Mary responded, oh how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He took notice of His lowly servant girl and from now on all generations will call me blessed. She has a lot of joy and she's singing about her joy. But I want you to know with Mary, this is not where she started. It's not how she began. It was a decision that she made to get there. Look what she started with. Luke chapter 1 says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Notice the words, though. Notice the words describe her feelings and her emotions in these verses. Confused, disturbed, and afraid. That's where Mary started at. Some in this room, you might be right there, confused, disturbed, and afraid. I think we would feel the same way. I mean, here's a teenage girl, and she's told she's going to have a virgin birth. Hold on a minute, God. How am I going to explain this one? You want me to be able to tell my mom and dad about that? How am I going to explain this to Joseph? What about the community I live in, God? You want me to do that? She's confused, disturbed, and afraid. You and I would be too. And God, I'm going to be pregnant, but I'm still going to be a virgin. How are you going to make that happen? Disturbed, confused, and afraid. But just a few verses later, you see her joyfulness. What happened? She made a difficult decision. She made a difficult decision. She decided, I'm going to trust God. She decided, I don't understand. I don't grasp all of it. It's not exactly what I want, but I'll trust God. The thing about joy is often scares you at first is because you've got to get, get, let go of the familiar and make a decision to trust God instead of trusting in yourself. Many times, we want to keep trusting ourselves. Joy is found on the other side of a difficult choice to trust God instead of trusting in myself. So I don't care how long you've been a follower of Christ. It's always easier to put trust in yourself than it is to put your trust in God. Because you know what's right here. You know what's right in front of you. You know exactly what you're dealing with. I don't care if this is something brand new to you and you're trying to figure it out. There's this moment in our lives where we decide, I'm going to trust Him instead of trusting in, in me. And Jesus is our example of that. He did this. He decided to trust the will of the Father so that he could experience joy. Hebrews 12.2 tells us, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. He didn't want to go to the cross. If you remember the prayer, he prayed and he said to his Father, God, if there's some other way, can you take this cup from me? He was like, can somebody else do it? Is there another way to do that? I don't really want to do this. But he trusted God. And the other side of that difficult situation was joy. And there, that joy that he experienced, that we, that we can experience in life as well. Joy is found in trusting God instead of trusting in self. That means every one of us can experience joy today. If joy was found in just one thing that would make you a little bit better, a little bit more joyful, then that means you could have more joy than I can have. That means you could pursue it more than I could pursue it. But that's not the kind of joy that God came to offer you and me. Every one of us is equally able to experience the kind of joy that God has to offer us and God has for us. In fact, Jesus taught he wants to experience this joy. The night before he died, he's talking to his disciples, and here's what he teaches them about joy. He says, I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have, and so that your joy may be the fullest possible joy. Think about that. He says, I teach you these things so that you can have the same joy that I have. The same joy as who? We can have the same joy as Jesus. That's available to us. Jesus, knowing he's going to die the next day, knows he's going to be resurrected three days later, he's teaching his disciples about joy. He wants them to know what's going to happen. He says, what I want for you is this. I want you to have the fullest possible joy. That's what I want you to have. And that's what Jesus wants for you and me. 
He wants to have the fullest possible joy. That's what He's working to do in your life and my life. My question is, is how do I cooperate with Him? How do I work with Him versus working against Him? He's working to bring this kind of joy into life. How do we work with Him? I can do what these people the first Christmas taught me. I can stop chasing after what God has already sent. He's already sent it, so we need to stop chasing after it. I, I can take the first step in the journey, the step of realizing that God is with me, that where I am, He is there with me. It's not something to say, well, God's over there and I have to keep moving and trying to find Him. No, He's where we are. I can let go of the, the branch or the support system or the thing that I'm holding on to that I need to let go of. I need to let go of that that, that I think is bringing me joy and I can make the difficult decision instead to trust in God, even when it's difficult. Say, God, I, I don't understand it. God, I, I don't get it. God, I don't know what's going to happen. But God, I put my full trust in you. The truth is you could choose to be a discouraged person the rest of your life. There's a lot in this world actually to be discouraged about. You, you could choose to be an angry person the rest of your life on this planet because there's a lot in this world to be angry about. You could choose to be a bitter person if you want to be a bitter person. You could choose to be a cynical person the rest of your life. There's a lot to be bitter about or cynical about. But the story of Christmas, the good news of Christmas is that you can choose You can choose to be a joyful person. Say, Lord, that's what I want this Christmas. I want to unwrap that gift. Because there's a lot to be joyful about. The good news of God, the good plan of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God in your life. You can choose to be a joyful person and embrace what God has for you. The choice... You make, you can actually make it right now. The choice is made by living in connection with Him. And I want to end by giving you a few moments to connect with Him and talk with Him about, am I walking in the joy you have for me this Christmas season? Or am I chasing after it and what this world has to offer? Bow your heads with me. Father God, I just want to allow a few moments of quiet in this room to think on this topic of joy. God, would you search our hearts today? Would your spirit, Lord, speak to us in this room? Are we chasing joy by circumstances, things? Are we letting circumstances destroy our joy because we don't grasp what it fully means to walk in you. Lord, is our journey that we're on, is it uh, focused on knowing that you're with us? You are, you're that strong tower. Search our hearts, God. Search our hearts. Show us where we're at in this this idea of joy. Have we unwrapped that gift? Have we really opened it up, what you have for us? Father, for some in this room, joy is, is not in them and among them because they haven't received you as Savior. They haven't uh, accepted that message, haven't repented of sins, confessed you as Savior, followed in Christian baptism. Lord, I pray that maybe today would be that day that they open up that great gift. Father, whether the circumstances, good, bad, or indifferent, Father, help us to give that to you so that our joy comes from our walk in Jesus and nothing else. From us knowing that you are sent, that you are here, that we can trust in you. 
Help us to walk in that way. Lord, help us to not just walk in joy, but help us to share the joy. Let it bubble out of us. Let it bubble out of us to, to our friends and our family members, our coworkers, people who need to know Jesus. Father, we say thank you as we come to this time to celebrate in communion. Thank you for Jesus being our Savior. Thank you for coming to us, dying on a cross and conquering the grave. Lord, we celebrate that in these emblems that we partake, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And that is a joyful, a joyful truth that our sin is done away with because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's in His name we pray. Amen.